You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. All right, let's stand. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. This is a, a very familiar portion of Scripture, uh, but I think it's going to be a good reminder for us, and it's definitely one that I've needed, especially in the last few months. So Romans chapter 12, we'll read uh, just the first two verses. Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's pray. God, we are thankful just for the opportunity to be in your house. And I know it's already been mentioned, but it is just such an encouragement and a refresher uh, to be in your house, to be around your people. And I, I just pray that you will speak to our hearts tonight. And it's already been a blessing through the singing. And, uh, and I just pray that you'll be with the message tonight. Help me to communicate it clearly, what you've spoken to my heart about. And uh, help it to be concise. And again, I pray that I won't be a distraction. And that you'll help me to communicate the truth clearly. And I pray you just speak to hearts. And, and I pray that we'll go away with the blessing tonight. And so I pray you'll uh, be with the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. So here in our text, Paul has just finished teaching the Romans quite a bit of doctrine. The, the whole first part of Romans is uh, filled with doctrine, especially about salvation. But now he's getting a little bit more to the practical side of things. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. He's saying that all the doctrine that he has just taught about salvation, about justification uh, by faith, our identity in Christ being under grace and not under the law. The promise that once we're saved, we're, we can never be separated from the love of God. And even more great truths. He's just covered all this doctrine and truths that are essential to the Christian life. But now he's getting to the practical side. And you know, especially the doctrine of salvation is not just meant to be head knowledge. It's meant to have an impact on our daily lives as Christians. And... And that's, again, where this starts is in verse, verses 1 and 2. And it's the impact that salvation should have on our everyday lives and how we are to live after we've been saved. So there's a few commands given here in this passage, and I want to focus on those. The first one is uh, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. I know it can sound a little weird to present your body as a sacrifice, um, but before we get into to it too far, I just want to explain what sacrifice means. I know most of us have a working knowledge of what sacrifice is, but to the people here in our text, I think it had a, a little bit richer meaning uh, than it typically does to us. When they heard the word sacrifice, they, I'm sure they would have thought of the, the rich history that it had uh, in, in the Christians' lives. See, people in the Old Testament would offer a sacrifice for their sins, to praise God for forgiving their sins. Most of the time, it was a burnt sacrifice. 
This would typically be their best sheep, the best goat, um, another approved animal, one without any blemishes, imperfections, um, and they would make an altar or take it to the temple and sacrifice it there. The idea was that they were taking their property and surrendering it to God to use it as he pleased. When, when they sacrificed, they released all claim that they had to the animal and, and gave it to the Lord. They, they had no more rights to it. It was offered to God to be used for his service alone. So that, that's, what they were, that's what they would be thinking of when Paul uses this word sacrifice. They'd be thinking of how, how they used to sacrifice you know, in the Old Testament. But these are the same type of qualities that, that we can apply to the sacrifice that we're called to give in this passage. So back to the first command. It says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, I am thankful that we, we don't have to offer sacrifices for our sins anymore. Right. Uh, because God sacrificed his only son, Jesus Christ, to free us from that. I, I'm thankful for that. Amen. But as Christians, we're supposed to give a different type of sacrifice. We're supposed to present our sacrifice, present our bodies. To present something means that it would be voluntary, freely handing over. It's a willing sacrifice. God wants us to sacrifice, but he's not just trying to, to force us to sacrifice or, or take it from us. It's supposed to be a choice of our own to sacrifice to the Lord. You can think about it this way. You know, at Christmas, uh, a birthday comes around, an anniversary. You know, you're not typically forced to give someone a gift. You, you, you want to give it to them because you love them. They're not like holding a gun to your head telling you to give them a gift. No, you just want to give it to them because you love them. That, that's the kind of spirit of this sacrifice. Amen. That you, you want to present your sacrifice, not grudgingly, not like it's a duty, but you should willingly give God this sacrifice. Yes. What this sacrifice is, is our bodies, a living sacrifice. So anything that we would do with our bodies, any any action, any, uh, our, our, our minds, our thoughts, our emotions, anything that we do, everything that we do, we are to sacrifice to God. Yeah. We're supposed to sacrifice our lives to God. And the word living carries the meaning that it's not just a, a one-time sacrifice to God like the animals were in the Old Testament, but it's a sacrifice, again, of our lives, but it's supposed to take place daily. There's never a point in time that you stop sacrificing your life. It's a daily surrendering to God, a daily sacrifice to God for our lives. But, but just like the sacrifices in the Old Testament, once we present our lives to God as a sacrifice, we, we, don't have our, we don't own rights to our lives. We don't have a claim or a say in our lives. We, we, we should be completely free to God, for him to use us how he pleases. That's the kind of sacrifice that we're supposed to give to the Lord, that we're supposed to present to God. We just have to submit to his will for our lives and give him full control. That, that's what Paul is trying to get across to the Romans here. They're supposed to present their lives as a sacrifice to the Lord, however he would want to use it, no strings attached. So we can know that we're supposed to sacrifice our lives to God. But it's not just supposed to be any old sacrifice. No, it says, uh, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. So our lives are supposed to be holy. We're not supposed to sacrifice, uh, our, our lives aren't supposed to be sacrificed with uh, defilement or impurities or sin. It's supposed to be holy. Strong's defines holy as 
physically pure, morally blameless, consecrated, religious, are, are those things something that characterizes your life? If we're going to give our lives as a sacrifice to a holy God and expect for him to be able to use it, then we have to live holy lives. I, I, I think that, that makes sense. Our lives ought to be characterized by holiness, right. not worldliness, not by sin. We, we should seek to live a holy life. Right. And, and I know we, we could spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time on this, um, but I'm just trying to give you an overview here. So we know that we're supposed to willingly sacrifice our lives. Our lives are supposed to be holy, but also says an acceptable sacrifice. You, you could think of acceptable also as well-pleasing. So an, an acceptable sacrifice is one that is set apart. It, it's one that is not used for any other purpose, but for the purpose that God has for it. But for it to be well-pleasing and, and acceptable to the Lord, again, like, like the sacrifices in the Old Testament, it's supposed to be the best sacrifice that we have to give. The first fruits. Our, our sacrifice, our life, in order for it to be well-pleasing, to be acceptable to the Lord, needs to be set apart just for Him, for Him to use for any purpose. It needs to be the best thing that we have, not our second best, right. not the leftovers. It needs to be our first fruits, our best. We should give it to God. Amen. So it says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. I know this, this part may sound like just a duh statement, but our sacrifice should be to God. If you're not actively sacrificing your life to God, then you're actively sacrificing it to something else, like your, your own flesh, the world. You, you're, you're always sac- surrendering your life to something. Make sure it's to God. Because, because you're sacrificing to God, again, this means that he gets to decide what, whatever you do. This part of sacrificing, you're, you're saying no to what you want to do, and you're saying yes to whatever he wants you to do. It's a, it's a full surrender to God. So the first thing that, that the Romans were supposed to do is sacrifice their life to God, surrender to God, holy, acceptable sacrifices to God. But then the next command is found in verse 2. It says, and be not conformed to this world. I'm not going to take a ton of time on this. Again, we could spend, you could spend messages on on this right here. Um, But you you know, to conform means to take shape or to fashion. So it says, don't, don't take the same shape as the world. Don't fashion your life after the world's example. When people see your life, they should be able to tell a difference between you, a saved person, and your lost neighbor or, or, or whoever it is. Yes. You know, this made, made me think of uh, there's an Andy, Andy Griffith show where they, they bring out an ink block test, and uh, it it's really confuses Barney, and, and it's, it's pretty funny. But it makes me think of it how you, you see an ink block test, and on one side, or the, the ink block test, you, would, you think it's like some people would think, okay, this looks like a. Uh, a baby, and someone else would think it looks like a bird, and it's super, super confusing, and, and they get some kind of psychological evaluation from that. I don't understand it, but, you know, I believe sometimes it's how our lives can look like as Christians, that some may have a hard time telling, what, is this, is this a Christian? Is this a lost person? What, what's the difference? They're, they'd be hard-pressed to find differences in our lives uh, than an unsaved person's life. You know, we're supposed to look distinct from the world that we live in. 
our dress standards, our music standards, our, our entertainment standards, our attitudes, our habits, your life should not look the same uh, as a lost person's. Because we have the Holy Spirit. We have God's word. We're supposed to bear the image of God. That's why we're called Christians. We're, we're supposed to bear the image of Christ. We're supposed to be like Christ. So we're, we're not supposed to be conformed to the world. But then it says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Instead of being conformed to the world's image, we are to be transformed. This word carries the meaning that it's not just an outward conformity to the image of God and doing all the right things on the outside instead of the world, but it's an inside-out renewing of the old man to the new man. And again, we, we, could, we could spend so much time on this point right here, but we're just trying to get the main idea. But we, we can be transformed starting from the inside out, starting with our mind. And that starts when you get saved because we, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. But after that, you know, we still have the, the, the same desires and tendencies of the old man in the old way, and that has to be changed. It's changed by your, your walk with God, the time you spend with him in his word, the time you spend with him in prayer, how much you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through the preaching and teaching of his word. And, and this, this process doesn't just happen overnight. It's, it's a daily battle, like, like we already said. But we're still called to renew our mind, to strive to allow the Holy Spirit to transform our lives inside and out. So... To wrap it up, to put it simply, as Christians, we're supposed to willingly sacrifice our lives, making sure we're not conforming to the world, but being transformed into God's image. That's what our Christian life is all about. You, you can break it down to two, two main things, that we need to sacrifice our lives to God and become more like him. It's as simple as that. And, and if those are the basics. And, and if you're saved tonight, those things should characterize your life. If you haven't made the decision to sacrifice your life to the Lord, to start the process of becoming more like Christ, then, then you, you've got to, got to make that decision. Those are the base pillars of the Christian life. But we all know it's one thing to say that you want to sacrifice your life to God or become more like Christ. But it's another thing to match your actions to those desires. You know, there's a whole lot of little things that come with sacrificing your life to God and becoming more like him. So I, I just want to give you uh, an idea of some of the practical things that could characterize your life if you choose to surrender to the Lord and to become more like him. Some of the little things that go into those decisions, one of those would obviously be going to church. Amen. You know, being here on Sundays at 945 for Sunday school, 1045 for morning service, 6 o'clock for evening service, the, the, whole, the whole day, Sunday, dedicated to the Lord. Wednesday, you know, after a long day of work, it, it can be refreshing to come to church. So being here at 7, that's the bare minimum, church attendance. That, that's, where, that's where you got to start. And when you sacrifice your life to God, remember, you're, you're giving your life to Him completely to do whatever He desires with it. And he desires that we be faithful to church. It's, it's part of the Ten Commandments, that, that, we, uh, that we honor the Sabbath. But he also desires that we, be, we become disciples and that we get involved in our church. And, and that can, we can get very, very, very specific here. But Pastor already mentioned it, discipleship. You know, maybe you're discipling someone or you're the one being discipled. This involves being here at another time in the week, outside of church, and, and giving of your time in that way. 
And it requires you as the person discipling someone to be ready, to prepare before that. Right. So you actually have something to, to, give, to give them to, to help them be discipled. Yes. But the one being discipled, doing your homework through the week and making sure that, you re- that you're paying attention and really trying to grasp the truths that you need. You know, that, that, that can be part of, of sacrificing your life to the Lord. Right. But maybe as a Sunday school teacher, then this not only includes being here on time Sunday mornings, which can be difficult, but that includes visiting the kids during the week, making sure that you have plenty of, of study time during the week to prepare a lesson that, that the kids, it is foundational that the kids get uh, the truths that you present. And it's not, it's not a small matter. It's not a small matter at all because that's, this is where the kids grow. So that, that takes a lot of work as well. Maybe you're involved in the music ministry which includes being here on time for practices, sound check, then practicing outside of the church and, and, and the church practices so you can memorize the words, dwell on the message of the song. So you're not just singing a song. You can communicate the biblical truth that it speaks about God to, to the people who need it. Yeah. Maybe you're involved in the greeting ministry, which means you're, you're here early on a Sunday or, or Wednesday. It means you got to get off work earlier or... or you got to get up earlier on, on Sunday and, and, and leave here and be here ready to make the guest feel welcome. Maybe here in a few months when, when we start cleaning the church, then it's going to take sacrificing your time two hours a couple times a week to make sure that God's house looks like it should. Amen. Make sure that it, it matches what's going on on the inside. Yes. But we we got to make sure that we take care of God's house. Uh-huh. That takes a sacrifice. Hopefully everyone in this room would, would be involved in giving, giving of your tithes but also missions in, in the building fund. Then we have outreach, like we've already, already talked about. Hopefully each one of us is involved in outreach, some kind of outreach, because this is a huge, huge part of our service to the Lord. Yes. And e- even youth, youth can get involved. And I, I'm excited about this Saturday. I hope, hope you're there. And again, because this is, this is a foundational aspect of our service to God. We, we could go on and on and on about things that, that we do to sacrifice to the Lord, the things that, that we need to do uh, if we're going to say that we sacrifice to the Lord. But, uh, again, to say it, it is one thing, but to do it is another. But how about conform, not conforming to the world? That means you have to put some standards in place in your life. You can't just say, hey, I'm a Christian. Can't you, can't you tell? You, you have to put some standards in place in your life to help make sure that your life looks more like Christ and not the world. This means that your dress standards are going to be different. That's going to take time. It's going to take money. Your, your music standard, standards are going to be different. Your entertainment standards are going to be different. Your attitude at work, the way you talk, the way you act around others is different. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. It's not, it's not just saying, I'm not going to conform to the world. There are specific steps that you take to make sure that you're not conforming to the world. But then how about transforming your mind to be more like Christ? This means that you're spending time in God's word, that you're going to bed early so you can get up early in the morning to, to read God's word, first thing, to seek God early. You're taking time to read your Bible thoughtfully, seeking to change from the truth that you read. You're trying to have a meaningful prayer life, uh, praying for others, not, not just yourself. There, there's so many little things that go into sacrificing your life to God, to not conforming to the world, to transforming your mind, Everything that we just, we just mentioned is part of sacrificing your life to God and becoming more like Him. And again, there's so much more we could say about it. 
We can know that we're supposed to do those things. But many times we get so caught up in, in, in doing all these little things and we get bogged down. We get tired sometimes serving the Lord, trying to become more like him. Sometimes we lose sight of why we're even do it, doing it and then we just fail to try. Right. And this passage is a good reminder for us because in the beginning, in the very, very beginning, then it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, after he's already been talking about all these things about salvation and, and what God has done for us, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We should sacrifice our lives to God and become more like him because of the mercy that he's shown us. He says, I beseech you by the mercies of God. Think about the mercies that God has given you in your life. Think about this, that, that God sent his one and only son to die on the cross to save you, to save me from our sins. Think about every sin that you've committed today. Think about the sins that you'll commit tomorrow. Every single sin that you've ever committed in your entire life, every single sin that you will ever commit, Christ died to pay the price for that sin, which is eternal separation from God in hell. He died to save us from that so that we could spend eternity with him. It doesn't get any better than that because we've done absolutely nothing to deserve what Christ has done for us. He has given us way more mercy than we deserve just through his gift of salvation. We, we cannot, cannot lose sight of that. I, I think sometimes we, we get so used to it, it, it doesn't affect us anymore. But not only has God been merciful to us with our sin, he's blessed us with, with things well beyond what we deserve. You know, for the, majority of, for the majority of us, he's given us godly families, great families, families we can become close to, a great church family. And I'm, I'm learning very much how to appreciate that. I'm thankful for this church family. And we, we have a, a country where we can freely worship God and without fear of being persecuted. And, and to this point, we've got to be very thankful for that and, and, and use it wisely because it, it may not be here. You know, God has given us good health and we shouldn't take that for granted either. Now, there's so many, so many things that God gives us on a daily basis that we do not deserve. He's given us so many mercies, things that we could never, ever, ever deserve. To think that a God who is so holy, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, would, would love and save a person so unholy, so powerless, so imperfect, someone who fails him on a daily basis, that just blows my mind. I know that I'm so undeserving of God's mercy. Someone who knows us, who, who we truly are, even when no one else is watching, he still loves us and gives us, gives us that mercy and that grace every day. That, that should not cease to amaze you. It's incredible. Amen. It's incredible that, that the God who, who knows us the most, loves us the most, that's incredible. So thankful for it. And our only response to that kind of God is to serve him and to surrender our lives to, to him, to do with whatever he pleases. Verse one calls that our reasonable service, sacrificing our lives to God, becoming more like him, giving God glory in, in our everyday Christian lives. Whatever God has called us to do, that's the least that we can do. That's our reasonable service. It's only logical and rational. 
that after everything that God has done for you, for me, the mercy he's given us through salvation, everything he's given us on a daily basis, our only response is to serve him and do what, he, do what he's commanded uh, from us in this text. Each one of those little things that we talked about before is what makes up a life that is sacrificed to the Lord, what it takes to become like Christ. All of that is our reasonable service. It's what we should do because of what God has done for us. You should sacrifice your life to God because it's your reasonable service to such a merciful God. So I, I want to be very straight with you tonight. Does your service to God, your sacrifice to him, match the sacrifice he made for you? Have you gotten so used to salvation and God's grace and mercy that it doesn't really affect you anymore? You know, Memorial Day is coming up this weekend. And it's a day that we're, we're supposed to honor and remember the sacrifices that, that many, many men and women have made over the years to give us the freedom we have. We can get so frustrated and so passionate about the people who disrespect the flag, who, who disrespect the military, again, who, who sacrifice and fight for our freedom on a daily basis. We get so frustrated when our government doesn't stand for the principles, the truth, the freedom that our ancestors fought for, that they died for. And it'll make your blood boil. It's so frustrating. But when was the last time that it bothered you that your actions as a Christian don't match the sacrifice that Christ paid for your life? If we're so passionate about, about the people who don't, who don't honor the flag or, or honor the, the, the fallen soldiers, while those are important, how much more do we forget the sacrifice that Christ paid for your own life, for your very sin that you committed today? Does that bother you anymore? Did it bother you the last time you missed a church service? The last time you missed your devotions? Did it bother you the last time you forgot to give your tithe? The last time you failed to prepare your Sunday Sunday school lesson in the way that you should? You can say that you want to sacrifice your life to God. Or you want to become more like Christ. But if it doesn't show in your daily life, then we're failing at what is our reasonable service. If those things don't bother us anymore... And that's just a sign to us that we're growing complacent and unthankful for the sacrifice that Jesus Christ gave to pay for our sins. Have you started growing frustrated or tired in the ministry that God has placed you in? Maybe you've lost the zeal that you once had for, for a ministry. Maybe tonight we just need to remember and be thankful for the undeserved sacrifice and mercy and grace that God shows to us every day. And ask him to give us a passion and a desire to do what is our reasonable service. Is there an area in your life that you are still not fully surrendered in? You're not 100% fully in serving the Lord? Have you given up on becoming more like Christ? it's, It's just too hard. Maybe you've lost sight of God's mercy in your life and you just need to recommit to do what is your reasonable service. You know, 1 Corinthians 9 says, What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We're, we're supposed to honor and glorify the Lord because of the price that he paid on the cross. Don't forget what the sacrifice that God has made for you. 
and sacrifice your life to him. You should sacrifice your life to God because of his mercy in your life. It's your reasonable service. Are are you doing your reasonable service or are you living an an unthankful life? Let's make sure that we're sacrificing our lives to God and we're doing what is our reasonable service. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.